So how many of you would love to make a lot of money? I mean a lot of money. It all boils down to this. If you want to make a lot, what's the word? A lot of money, you will have to stop believing all the disempowering bullcrap you've heard about money and wealth. If you want to make a lot of money or get rich, you'll have to stop listening to broke people. And this is more important than you could ever imagine because your inner world creates your what? Your outer world. I want to give you, or at least remind you, of a formula that could change your life. It's basically how your life is created. And the formula is T to F to A equals R. I'll explain. Your thoughts, your what? Your thoughts lead to your feelings, which then lead to your what? Your actions, and those equal your results. Okay, so what is it that's the source of all your results? You got it, your what? Your thoughts. And that's the very first problem most people have. Their thoughts and beliefs around making or having a lot, I repeat, a lot of money, don't support the result of making or having a lot of money, or God forbid, getting rich. Like most beliefs in your life, this way of thinking comes predominantly from where? From past programming. Uh, maybe in the past, you were taught that uh, you shouldn't want too much, or, or you're gonna be greedy. If you, you know, if you want too much, you're gonna be a greedy person. Now, that's the exact scarcity mentality that keeps people broke. It infers that if I have more, someone else will have what? Less. That is absolutely ludicrous. The arithmetic just doesn't add up, mostly because there's hundreds and hundreds of trillions of dollars in the economy right now, meaning there's more than enough for everyone who's willing to earn it. Yes or yes. It's not about the money, it's about the people. People's beliefs, knowledge, and skill, and especially their financial career and business beliefs knowledge and skills, as well as their willingness to work hard, are not equal. And you having more does not, I repeat, does not prevent anyone else from having more too. Because as I said, there's plenty of money to go around if you are ready and able and willing to do what it takes to earn it. Certain ways of thinking work for you, other ways work what? Against you and you actually have the right and the duty to re-choose, I repeat, re-choose your beliefs. You're allowed to do that based on who you are today and what you want for today and for your tomorrow. Bottom line, if you want to make a lot of money or get rich, you will have to choose beliefs that are supportive to making a lot of money and getting rich. Fellow teammates, welcome to another episode of the Move Swiftly podcast. I am your host, Aswan Crookshank, the founder of Gym 44 Recruiting and author of Swiftly, Your Guide to Innovative Teamwork.
Teammates, who you guys just heard from was a guy named T. Harv Ecker, author of an absolutely fantastic book titled Secrets of a Millionaire Mind, a book that I strongly, strongly, strongly recommend you get a copy of. I don't have the time to get into all the things that I picked up from that book. However, my main takeaway from it was how he talked about rich people, right? how he spoke about how rich people are some of the nicest people that he has ever met. He, he debunks this myth about how rich people are just assholes. Folks who have a lot of money are just mean. This narrative that the world likes to paint about rich folks where there's this love-hate thing that the world has with success that has just been kind of created in our society. Like, it's a problem being rich. It's a problem having money. He debunks that. There's an entire... <laughs> it goes into like a whole page full, maybe even more than a page, about how he, he met some rich people and how they were some of the nicest people he's met and how they've done this and that. I mean, so many things. Again, go get a copy of the book. Now, just thinking about, you know, that, that brings me to the topic of today's discussion. Recently, I lost a, a coach, a mentor, a guy that I've spoken about in previous podcasts and previous episodes, in particular the episode titled Leading by, Exa Leading by Example. Coach John Vassos recently passed away, the late Coach John Vassos. Now, to a lot of people, he was the guy with the money, <laughs> the coach with the money. Though, though, I mean, if you talk about throughout the community, every time I tell people I play for the White Oak Warriors, bring up Coach Vassos, oh, yeah, that's, that's the one with the money. That's the one with the money. That's the one with this. And again, a lot like T. Harbecker was saying, there was this sense of there was something negative or anything like that. And I'm here to tell you, man, listen, he was one of the most kindest people I've ever met. Just, I mean, his soul, he really, really tried to help us, especially us as young black men. And it's actually interesting because in the episode leading by example, I spoke about the game against Northwest. And I remember saying to myself, you know, I, I can't get too into it because if I if I stay on Vassals for too long, I won't get to the other coaches. But here's an example. It was actually that game. It was that game where we got there really early and this was during the DC sniper. And then we were all just as, as players, we were stressed out. We were stressed out that we have to travel everywhere to go play ball and things like that. <laughs> and I remember getting there that morning and, and Vassos, you know, as he was our head coach at the time. And <laughs> one of the things he did to keep it loose and to, 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 to just put a smile on our face, he was, he started rapping. He started rapping some Jay-Z. And it was really funny because he, he was looking at us in the eye. He was like, hey, hey, guys, you ever heard that song by Jay-Z? It's Big Pippin' Spending Cheese. <laughs> that was Coach Vassos, you know, just connecting with us as players. And, and, and teammates, listen, I, I, I'm telling you that so you guys understand, by the end of today's discussion, you are going to look at people who have wealth in a completely different way. You're going to understand that all rich people are not assholes. All, I mean, some of the nicest, just like T. Harbecker was saying, some of the nicest folks in the world are rich. You got to give them a chance. You got to just really be, understand that just because you have money does not make you an asshole. Just because you have money does not make you an asshole. 
Just because you have money does not make you an asshole. Stop thinking like that and stop using that as an excuse not to go after your goals. Stop using that as an excuse not to make things happen in your life. Stop using it as an excuse to just complain and complain about this and that. Stop it. I mean, that, listen, Coach Vassals, again, the one who was quote-unquote the guy with the money, did some incredible things for us. And I could, I could bring on tons of my teammates, and they will echo these same statements. That he, did, I mean, he looked out for us after we played. I mean, he gave tons of people jobs. He worked at a, a fax machine. I think he sold fax machines or copy printers, something like that. And there are tons of us who would, you know, <clears throat> go work for him after. And, you know, he looked out for us and did so many different things. I'll give you an example of my own life. Back, actually, back that during that offseason, once... We, so we won the championship in 2002 with the White Oak Warriors. And during that offseason, I wanted to spend the night. It was the, say it was a little, a few weeks after the season ended. It was a few weeks after the season ended. And I wanted to spend the night because that year, me and his son, Nick, had gotten really close. Nick Vassos, you know, we were on the right side of the line. We always said, right side, right side, right side. You know, that was our thing. And Coach Vassos was the offensive line coach there, but a little more on that later. However, I wanted to spend the night over Coach Vassos' house because I never, I never did. Throughout the season, I would always hear my teammates talk about how big Coach Vassos' house was. And they spent the night and this, that, and the third. And I never, I never got an opportunity to do so. So that was something as a kid that I really wanted to experience. And, you know, he let, he let me in his house. It was just me. There was one time where I spent the night over. It was just me, Nick. It was just me, Nick, and the family. And I was just there hanging out, you know, just seeing life in a completely different way. I, he, he, was, he had like a mansion, and I grew up in a middle-class family, which it was normal. You know, my parents did okay for themselves, but compared to that, it was like a mansion. And, again, spent the night there. It was great. I loved it. But here's the thing that stuck out to me throughout that experience. Here's the thing that really stuck out to me. And I want you guys to pay very close attention to what I'm telling you. The next morning, when it was time for my when it was time for me to go home, all right, they let me stay in the house by myself so my father could come pick me up. And, and listen, teammates, I'm telling you this. I'm telling you this. Because I want you guys to understand how much he, how much it meant that he trusted me, a young black kid, in his house by himself. He wasn't gonna steal anything, wasn't gonna do anything. That I mean, I was not. I mean, it, it was one of the first times in my life that I wasn't judged, judged. And again, you guys heard in previous episodes where I talked about how people used to look at me like I was gonna steal something just because of the color of my skin. And once everyone left, because I believe it was like a Saturday night, I spent the night and they had to go to church that Sunday and I wasn't dressed for church or, you know, they didn't want to approach me about going or whatever it was. And they let me, they let me stay there. I'm not sure if it was church. They had to, I can't remember what it is. They had to do something that morning, but they let me stay there by myself. And my dad came and picked me up and nothing was stolen. Everything was good. We were trusted. And me and the family has had an incredible connection since that point. And it, it meant the world to me to this day as a 32-year-old man. What it really meant to me as a 32-year-old man now, knowing that there, that is my goal is to, to have that kind of wealth and have that kind of impact on, and influence on a young man's life.
to where they can get it 20 years later. You can come back and say, that man trusted me, teammates. Think about what you do. Think about how you think. Think about your day-to-day interaction. Think about all the things you do and how you look at people and how you judge people. And really ask yourself, would I trust someone? Again, I agree he was a player. I get I knew him and things like that, but this was the first time he's ever been in my house. Would I trust someone by themselves in my house? A brand, just a stranger. He's pretty much a stranger. There's someone I knew him from the team, right? Not everyone would do it. And I'll give you, I'll give you an example. Where I grew up, I had a neighbor. His name was Adam. Adam was my childhood friend. You know, he was lived right next door to me, and me, he and I, he was about two years older in the class. He was only a year older than me, but he was two years ahead of me grade-wise. So he graduated about two years before I did and left and things like that. Adam and I would play basketball around our neighborhood, around 10107 Brock Drive. You know, there'd be all kinds of basketball courts outside. We'd, sometimes we'd walk to the local elementary school or the middle school, Key, and things like that. And we'd just go play basketball in the neighborhood. There was one court we would go to that was like right up the street. It was right up the street. And I can remember it was a hoop. We'd go there. We'd hoop a little bit, play ball, do something productive. Just stuff that that kids do to kill time. Now, there was a situation in which we got up to the hoop and we realized it was gone. Something happened. It just wasn't there anymore. The the people who owned that hoop just had taken it down. All right, so Adam and I went venturing around the neighborhood to see if there was any open hoops. <laughs> if there was anything there that we could just play some ball and, you know, do something productive instead of staying at home playing video games all day. And we found one. We found one. And out of respect, we asked the homeowner if we could use the basketball court, the basketball hoop that he had in front of his house, not inside of his house, but in front of it. And the guy happened to be a black guy, happened to be an African-American guy. And I want to say he was with his daughter at the time. And this, that's what makes this story a little more sad, a little more discouraging to me. All right. Because the guy comes out of the house. He comes out. It just so happens we were going to go knock on the door, but he came out of the house. It just so happens he was walking out of his house to go somewhere. And we, he, Adam and I are here with this basketball. And we're like, hey, you know, can we just shoot around a little bit? And the guy said, hey, man, I don't even know y'all. No, man, I don't even know y'all. I got in my house. I don't know. No, no. <laughs> you know, teammates, what, what, every time I think about that situation, I, I look at it and I say, what, what would have happened if our names were Dwayne Wade and LeBron James? What if we were the next great NBA players? What if we, I mean, and it's not like we were going inside of his fucking house. We were just going to be outside shooting some hoops. Nothing serious. Nothing was going to happen. I mean, the, the, the fucking court probably never gets used. But for some reason, you're that protective of the shit. That, and, and again, I don't give a shit if you're disagreeing with what I'm saying or not. You're probably disagreeing with me because you're one of those people that like to judge people. That's bullshit. I don't care. There's no argument. There's nothing you can tell me that'll convince me that that was okay. That I mean, I, I pray 
that you as a person who is listening to me, listening into me right now are not that person or really understand the effect it had on me. 20 years down the line, I'm telling you a story in which a man, another black man, another black man who looked just like us, looked just like us. What he doesn't know is Adam has lost his, Adam grew up without a father. Because tragically, his, he lost his father early on in life. And you, you guys don't realize how much of an effect of what you can do by simply saying, yeah, man, go shoot some hoops, man. You know, or, or maybe say something along the lines of how y'all grade. You know, OK, well, make sure if y'all grades ain't together that or, or maybe I should contact your parents or, or what. Do nothing, nothing like that. He goes, oh, no, I don't even know y'all. No, I don't know y'all. Just get the fuck out. Go, go rob a liquor store or something. That's essentially what he's telling us to do compared to. Coach Vassos, who has wealth, you know, wealth, wealthy Coach Vassos, this, this asshole rich guy, right, like the, the world likes to paint him, who's letting me stay in his house by myself. Teammates, I, I, I'm praying that you're getting my point. I'm praying that you're really understanding the pain and feel me from my heart on this one. If you want wealth, if you want to get out of this place in which you're constantly judging people, learn to give a shit. Learn to care. I'll, and I'll, I'll close with these few examples. There was a, actually during that same season, during that same season where we won the championship with the white in 2002 with the White Oak Warriors, we first moved to Pop Warner, and you guys heard me talk extensively about that season. There was a, it was at the end, and this was the, this is going to be my final story about that season. It was at the end. We were in, in, Disney World in Orlando, and we had just, we had won it all, everybody was in La La Land, the whole White Oak Warriors, we completed it, we did it, we brought home the chip, baby! Alright, so as as everything was winding down, we were all looking at the pictures, at the time they were, Pop Warner was selling action shots, right, we were selling, act, they were selling action shots. And what was beautiful about this is, Coach Vassos, Coach Vassos had looked through all the action shots. And this was cool because as 12-year-old kids, we were looking at action shots. Like, oh, man, dude, look at me, man. I'm blocking him, catching, man. You know, Coach Vassos, Coach Vassos had bought a bunch, like all five of us offensive linemen. He bought all five of us our own action shots. He bought them. He goes, these are for my guys. And I, I, I remember him specifically that these are for my offensive linemen, my offensive guys. And Coach Vassos was the head coach, and he bought all five of us uh, action shots, something to remember the season by. All right? And that was the last season I had playing for him. And this, this is how special of a man he is, and this is why no matter, even if he's not here physically, his effect and what he's done in this world is never going to die. Never. Never. Because he's left his imprint. And I cannot wait for my fellow warriors, my fellow teammates, all you guys to really listen in. No matter where you are in life, where you are in life, really listen in. Because they know exactly what I'm talking about. It is not just me speaking to you. It is not just me. It is an, a generation, a generation of men who've grown up and have, have men couldn't thank Coach Vassos enough for all of the lessons and just giving us that perspective as young black men that we can do it. We can be wealthy. It was my senior year, my senior year at Good Council, and I was finished up. I was finished. It was uh, maybe a week after signing day when I 
decided to go to Carson Newman College out of high school. After I graduated from Good Council, I went to Carson Newman College in Tennessee. And I hadn't seen or heard from Coach Vassos in about four to five years at that point. <laughs> it was, a, I see, I haven't talked to him. He didn't coach me, nothing. You know, he had his own family, his own life to live and his own business to run and everything, all right? Coach Vassos had a, I believe it was Nick, Nick, either Nick or Joe, some, Joe, I believe Joe Leffigat. Joe Leffigat had a party at Coach Vassos' house because they, you know, they had gotten really close and they had done some things together. It's just a, Another episode for another time. Joe, Joe play, he tried to get Joe to play a good counsel for a little bit. But anyway, I went to this party. I went to this party, and I saw Coach Vassos probably for the first time in four years. <laughs> you know, again, you'd see him at games and things like that, but, you know, I'd be busy doing my season, and he'd be busy doing his thing, things of that nature. I saw Coach Vassos for the first time, like really saw him for the first time, and, you know, everyone's there. There's all these coaches there, all his colleagues, all his boys. He just announces. He goes, hey, Aswan. And they just announce. <laughs> Listen, it, it means so much to me to this day. He announces to everybody because this is his house. He announces to everybody. says, hey, guys, listen. Aswan's actually going to be going to, um, what was it? Carson Newman College. Congratulations. And everyone's just clapping, clapping, clapping. I'll, listen, I'm still kind of like starstruck because these, you know, these white folks, these rich white folks, and they're clapping. I'm like, congratulations, asshole. Good job. Yeah. And, you know, it, it that moment, that was like my final moment with Coach Vassos as a kid. And, and I'm telling you, the late great Vassos, to the folks listening in, to the people who called him, oh, just the guy with the money, to the ones who knew him personally like I did and the ones who played from and all that, just understand, having money does not make you an asshole. Having money and having wealth is not a bad thing. That's today's takeaway. Having money in many ways could be just like Coach Vat, to be more like him from the perspective of he can't. I just said it. It had been four years since he and I spoke, man. <laughs> Four years since that season in 2002. I graduated 2000. I graduated high school in 2007. We won the championship at the White Oak Wars in 2002. It's five years, guys. That's five years. And he kept up with me for those entire five years to the point where I walk into his house during a party and he announces to everyone. He knows where I'm going to school. There were, people, there were people who I went to school with. There were people who coached me in high school who didn't even know where I was going. That's, that's what I mean. Caring. Really, really caring. You guys have heard me say this a ton. They don't care how much you know. Players do not care how much you know until they know how much you care. All right? Please be more like him. And do not be like this asshole that wouldn't let two young black kids shoot around in his hoop that's outside of his fucking house. Right? How ridiculous, how, how much bullshit that is. Why we can't grow for it, grow as a people. Be more like the guys that care. And I'm telling you, you will, you will see your wealth. You'll see yourself growing. And you will leave the imprint. You will, even, in, even if you die, you're never going to go anywhere because of what you put in the world. Because of what you put in the world. So teammates, I challenge you to care more. I challenge you to really stop judging people. I challenge you to be better. Just be better. Just really have more of an open mind. All right? Fellow teammates, continue to move swiftly. We'll talk more soon.
pimping, baby. That's right. Big pimping, spinning cheese. Thug them, hug them, love them, leave them But I don't trust or need them Take them out the hood, keep them looking good With diamond cuts that'll freeze them First time they fuss, I'm breezing Talk about what's the reasons I'm a pimpin' every sense in the word my mind Better trust and believe them In the cut where I keep them Till I need the word, till I need to beat it up Then it's beep beep, then I'm picking them up Then I play with it quick in the truck <laughs> Many chicks wanna put chicken fist in cups Divorce them and split his bucks Just because you got good sex I'ma break bread so you could be living it up I cross with nothing, y'all be frontin', me give my heart to a woman, not for nothing, never happen, I'll be forever mackin', hard cold as assassins, I got no passion, I got no patience, and I hate waitin', mommy get your ass in here, let's ride, ride. Enough for Pamela Anderson Lee. 
made my money too long for gambling with me, but I'm still sitting on blaze, spitting that bass, sitting on the corner of my block, hustling, getting off double what I paid, getting it right through customs, in a cell by the night, it's actually white, look. I got so many that the man find out in the land be in jail for life. But I'm still big pimpin', spin the cheese uh-huh. with Bun B, Pimp C and Timothy. We got chicks in the back of the truck, laughing it up. Jigga man, that's what's up. We be 